purposes as we do these life groups. One is community. You know, this at the beginning of the year, I gave a list to us kind of in two different sermons, our goals. Some were more internal, some were more external. The goals being that um, we would be involved in local outreach in greater ways, that we would be involved in global outreach in greater ways, that we would understand the bigger picture of the kingdom of God and how PIC connects into that with local churches, local ministries, even global churches and, and global ministries. One of the things that we put on there or that I feel like the Lord laid on our heart was the, the essence of building community. And, and we talked a few weeks ago, I believe, about community. And the, the, it's a buzzword. There's a lot of different things that kind of go with community when you say it. But in essence, what, when I say community with these live groups, what I'm hoping is that we would take time out of our schedules throughout the week to be in a smaller group setting to where we can fellowship together, where we can get into the Word together, we can pray and to see what begins to happen even outside of those groups. The spontaneous relationships, organic relationships beginning to take place. But the idea of us going week to week or Sunday to Sunday, and if someone's out of town, it's a couple weeks or whatever, it's hard sometimes to build relationship just on a Sunday morning. It's hard just to build in, in a time of service, even though God can certainly do it and we can certainly do it as well. But we want to be in community, intentional to be in community. That's why I've laid it out that, Let's all be committed to this. But the second purpose is kind of, it's just as important, but in some ways it's, it's the main thing I'm going to talk about this morning, is the purpose of these life groups is a component of discipleship. And number one on those goals this year was discipleship, that we would be men and women who are discipled, but also that we would be disciple makers, that we would allow people to pour into us, whether it's here within the body, whether it's outside the body, but that we would feed ourselves or, or allow ourselves to be fed spiritually, but also that we would begin to make disciples. And what I said is, is we all have something inside of us. There's something the Lord has imparted, has given us gifts and talents, but also there's testimony, there's knowledge, there's experience that we can begin to pour into other people's lives. We all have something. And I remember sharing, I believe, the story of, of when we were in China, if we had a new believer who needed to be discipled, and, and, we, had a, and we had a lot of new believers, so we really didn't have a, enough seasoned believers to, to do discipleship. But if someone was a little bit further along in reading the Word, maybe they're in John 6 or 7, and this person just got saved, and they, they hadn't even read the Bible, the one who had, re, who had already read six chapters, we said, look, you're discipling this person now, unless they pass you. Because we felt like each person, even if you just have a little bit, you have something to give. You have something, and that's not always the, the best discipleship model, but my point in that was, and still is, that we all have something that we can pour into someone else. Sometimes we, we have these obstacles that, you know, I don't have a theological degree, or, or I don't know the Bible really well, or I just don't have time. There's all these things we, we begin to, to use to talk ourselves out of discipling someone else, pouring that wisdom, that knowledge, that experience into someone else's lives. You know, we're called to disciple those around us. And, and part of that goal that I gave back in, in January or February was for us to find two people to begin to pour our lives into. I'm not asking for you to go find 40 or 50 people, but two that you can begin to pour your life into. And one of the main components of that is teaching them also to pour themselves into two other people. It's a multiplication, it's a doubling process, it's, a, it's an exponential function process if, if you like math. But you know, simple addition, if we, if we add one to one four times, we go from one to two to three to four to five, we got five. 
But if we multiply, we go from 1 to 2 to 4 to 8 to 16. Already, you can see the difference. And we can have that influence as well as in, in discipleship and expanding the kingdom of God and in, in leaving an impact by simply just pouring into two people. When we're in China, and I looked it up this week, I think some other countries claim this uh, story as well. India claims it. But um, the, inventor, the inventor of the game of chess came to the emperor, and, and, he, and he showed the emperor the chess board, and, and then the emperor was so amazed by this, by this game by the complexity, but yet the simplicity of the game, that he said, what, what do you want for this? What is your reward, do you think? And the guy said, no, no, I don't want anything. But the emperor insisted. And because the emperor insisted, he said, okay, here's what I want. I want one grain of rice for the first square on the chessboard. And for every square afterwards, I want it to double. And the emperor said, no problem. I'll put it here in, in, in kind of a visual form for you. The emperor said, no problem. Because if you start thinking about it, it's not a lot of rice. Rice grains, I mean, how much do you get in a pound of rice? His advisors came back in, in a, a couple of days and said, there's not enough rice in the world to fulfill this. To get to the very end, the 64 square, it's an astronomical sum. Because just to put it in perspective, by the end of the third row, which would be addition-wise 24, you're already at 8 million. At the end of the fourth row, which is, which is 24, did I say 24 there? 32. If you're doing addition, you're already at over 2 billion. The power of multiplication. The power of multiplying. And this is a concept that Jesus taught his disciples from the very beginning. In Matthew chapter 19, or chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus says this, Come and follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people, or I will make you fishers of men. Most of us probably have heard this at some point in our life. How many of you like promises of God? Promises of blessing, promises of health, promises of, of you know, that we're children of God, promises that we're God's workmanship, all these things that are promises. How many of you know this right here is a promise? This isn't always a promise that we like to embrace because it requires a little bit of us in some ways. He says, come and follow me. And here's the promise, I will make you fishermen of men, of people. That requires a little bit of work on our part. Well, sometimes we say, okay, I'll come and follow you, but the other part, that's left to the pastor, that's left to the missionaries, that's left to, to those that are, that are in, in um, some kind of leadership. But he says, come and follow me. Come and be a disciple. Come and be a learner. Come and understand my ways. And in that, you will be transformed and conformed more into the image of Christ. And I will send you out with the substance that I've put in you. And we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. That substance of the Holy Spirit living inside of us to begin to transform other people. Not in our strength, but as the Holy Spirit works through us and God does his work. That's a promise that we have. But, you know, in reality, we don't like that promise. Because it does require something of us. Jesus said, hey, if we're going to come and, and follow him, there's some costs that we have to count daily. We have to decide, okay, is it worth it? We're going to take up our cross, and then we will come and follow him. To be a Christian is, is not just, hey, I'm a Christian. It's, it's a disciple. I am a disciple. I'm a learner. But part of that also is I'm a disciple maker. This concept of the Great Commission was, was instilled in the disciples even before Jesus gave the Great Commission being go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them all the things that you've been taught. 
teaching, going to, do we have verse 20? Just so we get it. All right. Teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. It's very simple in a lot of ways. But what we've done um, in the church many times is to say, come, be baptized, and listen. Instead of come and follow me and be transformed, go and baptize and go and teach. Every single one of us are called to be disciple makers. Every single one of us are called to make disciples. Whether you feel like you have something or you don't. Many times we don't because sometimes our relationship with Jesus is, is at a surface level and we need to go a little bit deeper. Sometimes we just have excuses. Sometimes we just don't have this vision that we're not just to be Christians, we're not just to be saved, but we're to be disciples, lifelong learners, lifelong followers of Christ. But also as we get poured into, pouring it back out to others. You know, sometimes when we disciple people, they may never step into a church or they may be part of another church or another ministry. There's two guys I meet with from, from time to time, and um, you know, one's part of another church. One um, has been hurt by the church a lot. And so he may come every now and then, he may not. But we're meeting, and, we're, and I'm pouring into them. But I'm also subtly at this point, because there's, there's some issues of, of hurt that's, that's there, but saying, look, you're not just a disciple, but you're also a disciple maker. We all have that capacity with the people around us. Some of you have neighbors. Some of you have coworkers. Some of you have people that you recreate with, that you play basketball or soccer or different things with, that you're called to disciple. And it may not be in, a, in an old school type discipleship setting where, where let's get out our Bibles and, and you tell me about your week. What have you learned? Let's, let's pray. Let's do this. It's going to be sometimes a little more subtle than that. Paul's words to Timothy, I think, echo very clear to me and to the church, to us as a church. And this is what Paul said to Timothy. And he says um, in chapter 2, verse 2 of 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy, it says, In what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. So Paul's telling Timothy, what you've heard from me, what has been taught to you, what has been entrusted to you through the Holy Spirit, through me, through others, begin to teach to others who will likewise teach others will likewise teach others. It's that process of discipleship. It's that process of, of that we're called to make disciples. Now, what does this have to do with life group at all? It's because I see life groups as a place of discipleship. You know, the authors of this material that we're going to begin to use, and the, and the material is called Multiply, um, and I will get into the logistics of that in just a second. They say this, they're kind of hitting it from both sides, because to me, we're going to be fed, but also this is great material for us to use in the process of discipleship. They put it this way, being a disciple of Jesus Christ means that we learn from him, we fellowship with him, and we obey everything he commands us. We study the Bible to learn about who God is, who we are, and what God is doing in our world. The Bible compels us to join God in doing what he is doing, around, doing in and around us. Studying the Bible is important, but the goal is never knowledge for the sake of knowledge. They go on to say something I'm going I'm to um, read as well, but I just want to say this. The component of the life groups that, that we are doing this fall is so that we will be fed, that we will break bread together, spiritual bread together, even physical bread if it, if it comes out that way, but that we would commune, that we would fellowship, that we would pray, that we would study, that we would laugh together, maybe even cry together, we would pray together, we would do all these things together. But the greater picture to me 
of not just building community because community is important, that we would understand that this is a discipleship-based material so that we may grow, but also that we may become familiar with it and begin to use it with others. Now, this isn't just the only discipleship material there is in the world, but I like the way it's laid out, and I think it's, it's, it's quite simple, but yet also very meaty in terms of that. The authors here go on to say, as you work through this material, you should be looking to change. Being a disciple of Jesus means that we're being transformed into his image. God wants to change us so much that it intrigues others. This gives us the opportunity to tell them about who God is and, who, and, and who God is, or how God is transforming us. Teaching others about Jesus is essential to being one of Jesus' disciples. As we teach others to love and obey Jesus, we are fulfilling his command to make disciples. Your goal should be to train up others, other followers of Jesus who are even more committed, talented, and equipped than you are. Make it your goal to spend your life raising up followers who will give everything for the glory of God. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to be a follower. Not just that, hey, I'm saved and I'm sanctified. I know where I'm going when, when I die. There's an assurance in that, yes. But he's also called us to be his ambassadors, to be his light, to be salt in this world, to go out and share the gospel, to go out and disciple and train others, to take this knowledge that we have, this, this experience we have, even some of the questions that we may have about God or things that we don't understand, and begin to train and teach others as well about God and His ways. This material we're going to use, um, bring up the next slide. I've talked about it a little bit already. It's called Multiply. Na rightly named in some ways because I think we're called to Multiply. It will create community, but it will also allow us a place where we can multiply our efforts, pouring into two people who pour into two who pour into two. This is a great tool for us to use. I want to encourage everyone. There's a website here. You, you can go and, and you, can, um, you can look at it. All the lessons are online. All the lessons are digital. We'll have hard copies that we will pass out. There's also an app that I encourage you to download from the Google Store or the, app, the Apple Store. But all the lessons, I know you can't see this from here, but all the lessons are laid out right in front of us. Lesson, lesson one, what is a disciple? Basically, if you printed out one of these lessons on a piece of paper, it's about five pages. So when you, when you, when you read five pages of print text like this, it's 10, 15 minutes, 20 if you're a slow reader. Within the text, there's questions, six or eight questions. And, and some of the questions require a little bit more work. I think in the first lesson, it's going to, question two or three says, go to Ephesians 2 and begin to read and, and, and answer this question based on Ephesians 2. It requires a little bit of work, but it's going to be good. The way the life groups are going to be set up, we're all going through this material. Every life group that we have this fall will go through this material. So every week, every lesson will be the same. There's three components that, that in these nine lessons, living as a disciple maker, living as the church, and how to study the Bible. Within those three parts, there's going to be three lessons. But basically, throughout the week, what you will do is you will, you will get it on your smartphone, or, or if you don't have a smartphone and you need hard copies, we, we'll have printed copies. In fact, we already have them printed today. You will read through this lesson and begin to answer the questions. When we come together for life group, basically we're going to discuss the questions. So the six or eight questions will be the focus of the group. This will be the discussion that will take place. 
you will grow, you'll be challenged, you'll be encouraged. We have different leaders who are going to lead the groups or host the groups, but I see everyone facilitating within the group. In fact, I've told the leaders, find other people who can lead lessons from time to time. You do week one, someone else can do week two, someone else can do week three, because in essence, we're all leaders. It doesn't take that much to generate um, or read the questions and kind of guide a discussion along the way. I'm excited about this because it puts us all on the same page, studying the same material, but it's, it's asking some tough questions. What does it mean to be a disciple? Are you a disciple maker? Are you willing to be a disciple maker? And it's, and it's going to allow us to confront some of our excuses. It's going to allow us to confront some of our, our fears. It's also going to encourage us to go forth and, and begin to apply this in different ways of our life. This material is also a great tool that you can begin to go and disciple others. You know, if I give you the challenge to go and make disciples, find two people, but I don't give you material, then I've kind of let you down in some ways. I think this is, this is not, again, the end all of material, but is a great resource to have, a great tool to have to be able to go and disciple others. You, you can pull this out on your smartphone in Starbucks or somewhere else and begin to take someone else through this material. You know, we've also tried to eliminate some of the different excuses, or not excuses, but barriers. There are excuses, but, but barriers and obstacles and things that are there. I realize people have busy schedules. And so we have diff six different groups. Geographically, we've tried to set them up to where there's something geographically kind of in different areas of the city, on the east side of Greensboro, on the west side, in the north, maybe in the south, in High Point, um, some different things like that. We even have one group that's going to meet here on Sunday mornings at 8.30. So I know that's early, but there's without excuse, there should be something where everyone can plug into in some way or some form. Um, guys, you want to hand these out? So I, wanna, I just want to hand out this card so you know what the different groups are. Some of you I have emailed already and kind of given suggestions. Hey, will you join this group or will you join this group because space is limited in some groups. Um, you will see that right now, most of them are meeting on Sundays in some capacity. There's one meeting on Tuesday night, and there's one to be announced. I know Joe and, Joe and Beth are, um, are still working out some logistics, making sure it fits a couple people's schedules that way, but it will be probably during the week, Monday through Thursday. Another thing that we're trying to do as well, or not trying to do, but we are doing, and I mentioned this last week, is to allow a, an accommodation for babysitting. You realize we have some families who are young families, young children when I say that. And, and we've done life group in our home in the past with our children being young, and, and they come sometimes every few minutes and say, hey, I need this, or hey, I need that, or, or they're, they're scrapping with each other a little bit, and we've got to break them up and put them in different corners and stuff like that. So we want to allow accommodation um, for people in babysitting to find babysitting, but we also know that's an expense in people's budgets sometimes, and especially if you're on a tight budget. And so we're allowing... Um, this, this trial, we're going to see how this works this fall, and I believe it's going to work well, a voucher system, basically, is we're going to pay up to $15 um, per week per family to find babysitting. Um, my sources have told me, I don't know how reliable my sources are, but babysitting is about $10 an hour. It could be a little bit more than that. The meetings are going to be, yeah, I'm in the wrong profession, right? We should be but an hour meeting, um, I know I didn't say that, but an hour-long meeting, so 15 or 20 minutes on both sides of traveling, so maybe about an hour and a half, um, you know, hopefully you can find a babysitter. 
I'm, I'm asking you as, as families to begin to work through that. Each leader, um, each group will probably work it just a little bit different. Um, so you can also talk with those group leaders. But on these cards, um, on Sunday morning, we have the Smalls and the Hunters who are going to be leading um, a group here. Debbie and Shirley are going to open their home after church. Now that group is small, um, and there's really probably not any, a lot more space in that group. Um, I haven't talked to everyone who's going to be in that group. Some of you are going to get assigned to different groups. Um, Karen and I are going to host one on Sundays at 4. The Shoemaker is going to host one Sundays at 6.30. Um, the Hams, Trevor, and Shonda are going to host one on, on Tuesday nights. Um, so there's six, and then, of course, Joe and Beth. Um, hopefully you know everyone along those lines that way. Say what? Brandon and Monique, and then Stephen and Jennifer. All right. So, questions? I feel like I'm leaving something out along the lines. Yes, September the 11th, that week. So, that Sunday, September the 11th, will be our launch. And so, on those Sundays, or that Sunday will, will be the first meetings, and then um, Tuesday of that week and so forth. Originally, I said we would end by the end of October. I didn't count Labor Day initially. I don't want to start Labor Day weekend. So actually, it will probably end the first week of November. Um, it does work out. I don't necessarily encourage this, but um, I know people have different schedules. And, and what I would encourage is the group that you plug into to kind of keep that as your main consistent group. But if you miss a week and you want to come on Sunday morning and you're not coming to the Sunday morning group, come and to the Sunday morning group. If, if no other ones are working and you can only make one group um, every other week or something, then do that as well. It is on your phone. At least be reading through the material. Um, I'm not going to be preaching from the material, but, but there are a couple times I will pull a parable or something out of the material and, we, and I will preach on it on a Sunday morning um, because I feel like it might need a little bit more discussion or, or a little bit more um, of teaching so we have a, a good background on it as we begin to discuss it in our groups. So, yes. Um, I would tell them so they know. Like I said, the, what I've done is, is I've tried to arrange it geographically to where um, if, you're, if you're in Burlington, you're not driving all the way over to Summerfield unless that's the only time that works in your schedule. Um, but I also know there's complexity in people's schedule. Um, the way that, that I lined it up, it fit perfect on paper. But as I started talking to people, it doesn't fit perfect because... Someone's got this on Tuesday night or someone's got this on, on Sunday afternoon or on Sunday morning. Um, that's why there's flexibility. I wish we had something every day of the week or, or you know, it was a little bit more um, spread out over, over the days, but it's just the way it's fallen in terms of that. But, yeah, if, if you will do that, I think, I think I sent you an email suggesting a group. Um, but if that doesn't work, <laughs> then, then that's, that's fine. All right. And a lot of you, I, I sent some emails suggesting certain groups as well. Um, just so you go ahead and be thinking about it along those lines. So, any other questions? I did not. You wouldn't have read it. <laughs> yeah, Craig and Suzanne. I would suggest Craig and Suzanne. All right, on Sunday nights. They're close to you. No, they're not. Where are you guys in High Point? High Point. Yeah, five minutes. 
See, that's why I sent emails so people would kind of know. And, and I haven't got around to everyone yet because um, I did this, I think, on Friday for the most part, Thursday, Friday, and I only worked through half the list. Um, so, yes, other questions? Again, even if I, if I say I suggest this group and, and it's not going to work, my goal is that you find a group. Make it work somehow that you find a group. All right. Very good. I can do that. I can do that right now. So the one at PIC <laughs> will be right here. Um, Deborah. Yeah, you're, oh, you're having breakfast. And child care, what I'm trying to work out with child care on the Sunday morning is it will be arranged here. So it's not that if there's four families that each four has to work it out. It could be just grouped together into one. And I'm going to try to work. Monique and I have talked about it this week. I, I've got to follow up just a little bit. Um, we live by the airport. Uh, the Shoemakers live in High Point, um, not on Johnson Street, on, on Ski Club, just off Wendover, the, around the Palladium. The Hams live off Lee Street, um, Lee and 40, kind of that area. Is that, would that be accurate enough to say? Um, so the east side of Greensboro. And Shirley and Deborah live off of Merritt, um, kind of right off of Merritt in that area, so. Who's the bars? Yeah, they're in Summerfield. Off of what? Strawberry? That that Strawberry Road. So that kind of gives you geographical. That's why I've contacted you an email. If you've already gotten contact, some of you I've talked to today. Some of you, um, some of you can go wherever you want. That's why I haven't said anything because I don't know what your schedule is and, and I don't know what would fit best with you. So, all right. Any other questions? Yeah, this is, um, I just want to say, you know, with our life groups, you know, this is something we, we really emphasize a lot more in the past, um, and we've emphasized community, and there's been, there's been running groups, there's been Bible study groups, there's been men's groups, there's been women's groups, um, but as a church, we haven't kind of put this together, and, and I won't say push it, but just it is pushing in some ways, um, emphasize it as much. But community is important, and, and we need to understand that community takes place a lot of times in those smaller groups. There's a lot of spontaneous groups going on. Um, I know there's another group going on um, with some women that they're going to meet some this, this fall from time to time, I believe. Um, there's some coffee groups or this type of group that gets together. There's, there's sometimes people get their children together. Those groups, I, I, I want to encourage you to continue to have those spontaneous groups, um, the moving group if, or a car working group or, or whatever, um, those things to begin to take place. But for us all, and, and again, um, I've talked to a couple of you, and, and there are some conflicts because of work schedule or both of you are working, things like that. But if you can find a way to make it work for nine times, um, that's, I think, going to be very, very important for us as we build relationships. Some of you might say, I'm good, I'm fine, I don't need community, I like Sunday morning, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I still say, please plug in, because you're going to find that, yes, there's going to be a challenge, um, but you're going to be encouraged. Sometimes we don't like to go into other people's homes. I've heard some of these things. I think when Michael shared, he, I think there was an interaction, and he told me a few of the things, but I've also talked to you. Some people don't want to open up their homes. There's, there's a lot of different excuses because culture's changing sometimes in different ways. And so um, we don't want to be countercultural necessarily, 
but we want to, to meet in each other's homes or at the church or wherever we can and build that aspect of community. But also with the idea that, hey, we're being built up as a disciple, but we can also take this material and begin to put it back out in, into our workplaces or, or um, neighborhoods and begin to disciple people as well. Um, because the material really speaks for itself in a lot of ways. It doesn't, in, in some places, go very, very deep because it's teaching some of the foundational um, issues, or not issues, some of the foundational aspects of our faith, which we already know, but um, I know some people have gone through this, and they said, you can take it as deep as you want to go. So if we come prepared, we've read, and we've answered the questions, we're going to go deep, we're going to be encouraged. So, yeah. They're in the back. Um, each life group will have, I will give some to each leader, um, but we need, we'll try to pass them out um, this week and next week so people are, are prepared and can go ahead. Like I said, you can go online, and, and all this material is there, lesson one, two, three, four. You, you can download and get your own hard copy if you want. It's on your smartphone. There is a video also, and, and I'm leaving this optional to each group that you can play. It's about a five-minute video. Um, it's meant for the leaders, um, but I think we're all leaders. And uh, you can go online and you can, you can look at these videos, and they're in your app as well. I think the smartphone app is, is, is ingenious in a lot of ways. It's so simple because you can sit there and read it. You, you can you know, be interrupted. You can pick it right back up. You can watch the video tomorrow. You can read the lesson today and then start answering the questions you know, throughout the week um, as you go across it or go through it and such as that. So, yes. Well, I think, you know, dinner clubs was really fellowship. I know there was a component of that. But when we looked across the board, the participation was really low. Um, it, was, it was a group of, of pretty much the same people kind of more or less going to the dinner clubs. And because they were a little bit more random, you might join one on the first of this month and one at the end of the next month. Um, it served a purpose, but I feel like this serves a greater purpose in, in building community because it's going to be every week over the next nine weeks. Um, and that's where it's going to require that commitment as well. Um, and then hopefully, outside of that, there's, there's fellowship and stuff like dinner or after church or dinner throughout or lunch, um, coffee, fellowshipping throughout that begins to take place. So... We will have an evaluation, yes, absolutely. This curriculum goes 24 lessons. And um, I've been hesitant to share this because some of you might be like, I'm out. I'm not even going to get involved in the nine. We're going to space this out over a year or even longer if we need to. So nine this time, we're going to come back and evaluate. If things are going well, which I hope they will, we will continue with life groups um, in this capacity next spring with the next nine, um, which gets into some of the Old Testament and some of the New Testament, digging a little bit deeper. And then the last six, um, I can't remember what the, do you remember what the last six are, Joe? Um, Joe, Joe's the, the resident expert in some ways because um, his Friday morning Bible study with some of the police officers, you guys have been going through this for about two months. Um, Pastor Kirby, who, who was here last week, I just mentioned to him a couple weeks ago, hey, I'm thinking about this material. You ever heard of it? He said, we're using it in our men's groups. And uh, his wife wasn't here this past week because they just started it with their women's groups um, this past Sunday. And um, he says, you know, it just has a lot of stuff. And, and I, I like it as well as we as I've looked at it. So, yes, there will be evaluation, and then we'll continue. You know, the reason we're starting stopping the 1st of November is we're starting to get into the holidays, 
with Thanksgiving and Christmas. People are in and out of town a little bit more. And then we'll, we'll launch back out at the end of January, um, middle of January, end of January. I need to look at the calendar. And then um, in the summer, maybe finish the last lessons or, you know, as we get into March, April, May, figure out if there's something else we need to do. So we got a vision for it, but also the Lord's going to lead us into, into the spring of, of what all that looks like. So, yes. You can do it today. Yes, you have. Absolutely. All right. And if you're going to go to, you look at this and you, you want to go to Craig and Suzanne's group, go and talk to them. If you're going to go to Trevor and Sean, just go and talk to them. Um, I don't think Brandon and Monique are here today. I know Jennifer and Stephen are here, so you can talk to them. You can come talk to us, um, Carrie and I as well. Um, anything else? All right. So I know we got logistical here in some ways. Um, but again, the vision is we're building community. We're being built into disciples. But we're also um, responding to the challenge that we'll be disciple makers that we would raise up others. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing here at PIC. Lord, I thank you um, just for the aspect of community that you're building here among us. Lord, I thank you just for who this body is, that, that we're, we're willing to lay down different things um, just to be one in Christ, Lord. Thank you for the beauty um, of what, you're, what you have done and what you continue to do here in, in PIC, Lord. Lord, we lift up these life groups that they will continue to be a place of building that community, but also, Lord, as a place that we will be fed, a place that where we will be encouraged, a place where we will be challenged, where we will pray for each other, we will fellowship with each other. But, Lord, also, it will be a place where we are trained up and, and given a confidence through you, Holy Spirit, to go and begin to disciple others, others that we may work with, others that we may live beside, others that, that we may um, do hobbies and exercise with and other things, Lord, even strangers that you may bring across our path, Lord. Thank you that you've called us not just to, to come and sit, but you've called us to come and go and make disciples, to go and baptize and to go and teach others. Thank you that you, you find us worthy, imperfect people who have been saved and sanctified and made righteous and continue to be made sanctified, Lord, um, and being sanctified each and every day. But you call us in, in, in who we are to be your ambassadors and your light. And we thank you for that, Lord. Just use us in greater ways. And we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, guys. We're dismissed.